Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Caius, and I am your host of Making Friends with Success. And I hope you're ready because this week we'll be entering the BFIT gym with Trainer B. But before that, I'd like to thank everyone that listened to the previous Entering the BFIT gym for all the support and especially the proceeds of that episode went directly to the Alzheimer's uh, Foundation of South Texas. Uh, we'd also like you to stay tuned to the end of the episode because we will be having, Trainer B will be having a special giveaway to those listening from Texas. So stay tuned to the end. And now it's time to enter the BeFit Gym. And we're back with Trainer B on a second episode of entering the BeFit Gym. Um, thank you for being on the second episode. Well, actually, it's your show. So. <laughs> of course, I'm always happy to be on and happy to answer people's questions and interact with them and spread some knowledge. Yeah, awesome. Well, before we start, I just want to give a big thanks to everyone that listened to the first episode. Uh, proceeds from that episode went directly to the Alzheimer's Foundation of the South Texas. Um, we got 14,000 uh, plays for that episode, which is pretty good. Yeah, it was exciting to see all those people listen and chime in and interact with us. So um, if you guys want to donate yourselves, uh, go to the Alzheimer's uh, Foundation of South Texas uh, org website and you can go ahead and make your own personal um, donation or they can just listen to this episode a bunch of times and <laughs> there's the donation. Our sponsors were very happy. They made a donation on behalf of your grandmother, Isabel uh, Garcia. Yes. And they also uh, matched the, the proceeds that we made on behalf of uh, well, our sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And a big thank you, uh, shout out to the sponsors for doing that. It's a great cause. Um, Alzheimer's is definitely something that affects a lot of different families in many different ways. So it's really cool to see and that they want to participate and stuff like that. So thank you guys to our sponsors. And uh, we're going to start off with a uh, fun fact, a uh, fun fact of uh, Trainer B here. Uh, our first uh, listener wanted to know a little bit more about Trainer B. So our first listener's name comes, or our first listener comes from Spotify, and his name is, I'm a, I believe it's RebelNap1. If I said it wrong, I apologize. From Texas, a male age 14 has the most interesting question I've, I've come upon in all the questions that you get. <laughs> Let's hear it. Um, what do you eat at McDonald's? What do I eat at McDonald's? So let's be honest, growing up, I was definitely a Burger King fan. But on the occasion that I went to McDonald's and on the occasion that I go now, I'm a big fan of their breakfast, uh, better more than, more than their lunch and dinner type meals. Um, so what do I eat? Typically, if I'm trying to be good, I'll get an Egg McMuffin. It's um, a little bit on the lower end, like 480 calories. Uh, whenever you go to a restaurant or fast food chain, just finding something under 500 calories is decent. Uh, so that's one thing I get. Another thing I'd have to say is my absolute favorite is their sausage biscuit. It's plain, it's simple, it's basic, but it is so good. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it feels a little dry. <laughs> you can add jelly if you want to. Wouldn't that just bring up the calories? That would. But again, if we're not watching calories and we're not, you know, it's our cheat meal or cheat breakfast meal, uh, sausage biscuit is the way to go. And with the egg McMuffin, is it just egg and? It's an egg, a thin slice of ham, and some cheese. Okay. Um, that's so not, sounds... not as greasy as your sausage is going to be with the with the sausage biscuit. I mean, my favorite thing. I know he didn't ask me, but Senor Rebel Nat, one, I like the big breakfast uh, with pancakes, and it's pretty. It's pretty huge. It's pretty hefty. It's what do you think the calorie intake is I, on that? I'm also pretty hefty. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> It's, it's a lot of calorie intakes, but then you murder me on workouts every day. This is true. I'm going to throw in one more thing. It's not technically eating, but I have to give it to McDonald's and their sweet tea. I'm not big on anything other than water and coffee, but I will take down some McDonald's sweet tea if I if I get the chance. Ma'am, I, I used to work at McDonald's for a month. Oh, that, don't tell me. I don't want to know. There's like four pounds of sugar in that sweet exactly. tea. Exactly. <laughs> but... Yeah, um, the other thing, you mentioned it last time, um, you don't really eat breakfast, so... I'm not a big breakfast eater. I'm trying to be better about it, uh, as my goal right now is to gain a little bit more muscle mass. I've gotten a little bit 
a little thinner scale these days as I've turned 28. So trying to put on more muscle mass, I'm definitely trying to increase my caloric intake. And that is by adding breakfast. I've done egg whites with turkey sausage. I mean, on a day that I really don't feel like eating, I'll do a PB and J with um, a side of protein, like a protein shake. That at least is some calories compared to zero. So I'm trying. Breakfast isn't really my thing, but I'm definitely trying. I'm not big on pancakes. I'll eat them, but I'm not super big on them. Really do enjoy eggs, though. I can have eggs for dinner every day of the week and be completely fine. I do like eggs as well. And I mean, I've already offered multiple times to get you on the <laughs> Kaya's diet plan. And the Kaya's diet plan? Reach your goals in <laughs> two days. one week or less. <laughs> But uh, let's get uh, to the more serious questions. Um, we really do appreciate that question because it it lets people know that you're normal as well. And I'm a you human eat, being. <laughs> yeah, you eat normal things. Because a lot of people, that's, I mean, when I used to drive to work, that was my everyday meal because I can't make breakfast at five o'clock in the morning. And I don't really like to heat. Yeah, uh, it's, it's quick, it's fast, it's easy. It makes yeah. everyone's life simpler. You don't have to worry about what you're going to get. You drive through, order it, and you're on your way to work. Yeah. And, I mean, you're, the calories is a little bit much, but you still have a whole day to burn it off. Yeah, true. Very so true. the next question uh, was an emailed question from BarbQDad111. I believe that's how you say it. At what age is it okay to start my children on weightlifting, ages 6 and 10? So that's a great question, and I think a question that gets asked a lot, um, especially nowadays that kids are starting to train for sports at an earlier age. And I think it's a very it's a question that gets misconstrued, and there's a lot of different views on it. And one thing that I can say is, is that starting them young isn't a bad thing. It's just how you do it and if they're ready for it. So Mayo Clinic says that children at the age of seven to eight years old is a is when is a good starting point for them to start lifting weights. Now, another thing that is stated from Mayo Clinic is that you want to make sure that the kids are mature enough, right? So they're able to understand, they listen, they're willing to learn, and they're not just grabbing things around the gym and throwing them in circles or all over the place. Um, with weightlifting, there's a lot of forms, a lot of technique, and it's only so the individual, whether it's an adult or a child doesn't get hurt. Hmm. So if the child is, you said your kids are six and 10 at that age, if they're old enough and mature enough to follow instructions and listen and do things correctly, then they're ready to go. Um, it's definitely something that will be good for them in the long run, as far as, you know, increasing muscular strength, increasing muscular endurance, allowing them to gain coordination and balance their body out and stuff like that. If these kids plan on you know, one, wanting to participate in sports, and two, just having a healthy lifestyle. With kids at a younger age, you know, aging from seven, eight, nine, ten, you want to start them on body weight workouts, something where they're doing push-ups, squats, lunges, anything just using their own body weight to get the resistance. That alone will help them and benefit them as strength as, as a form of strength training. Another good thing that you can do with these kids at a young age is also use bands, whether they're resistant bands, tube bands, loop bands. Those are also really good accessories to use for children of a younger age. It's not putting so much weight bearing and pressure on their joints and stuff like that as a, as a back squat would, right? Putting the barbell on your back, loading it up with weight and trying to squat. At a younger age, coordination is definitely a, a, a challenge, right? There's a lot of kids that are very uncoordinated when they're younger. I'm still uncoordinated. <laughs> There's a lot of adults that are very uncoordinated as well. But at a younger age, coordination isn't really, they haven't mastered that yet. So with these kids, start them on something light, body weight bands, and making sure that they're learning the technique and the form. That is going to be the most important aspect of strength training with younger children. Again, one, we want to avoid major injuries, obviously. And two, you want to make sure that what they're doing is going to be beneficial and they're not just doing it and wasting their time. Okay. So what about personally? What, if Trainer B ever does have a children, <laughs> uh, when would you start them? Probably around that age, seven years old, eight seven years old. old. Obviously, as we've known and I've spoken about before, basketball has been a big thing in my life. So I plan and hopefully my kids enjoy the sport as much as I did. I plan to have them in the gym as you know, as young as I was at four, four years old. Granted, at four, I wasn't playing, you know, lifting weights and stuff like that. But I was in the gym running around and dribbling a basketball. Those are all really good ways of training your muscles how to work and actually building muscle. It takes 
power and explosion to run. So those are good forms to start at a really young age and then increase on to actually adding resistance training, which is weight training, you know, seven, eight years old. Your kids are probably not even going to like sports. <laughs> that would be a sad day. I mean, I would love them regardless, but that would be a very sad day. <laughs> so fun fact, another fun fact of Trainer B is that she was a bit of a nerd when she was uh, a kid and she loved chess. I, you know, that was between you and I, but now that the world knows. <laughs> yes, I was on the chess team when I was in elementary and thoroughly enjoyed it. I would carry... Along with the basketball, I would carry my little chess set around with me to school every single day and play in the halls before class started or during lunchtime. <laughs> Imagine your kids just like that. <laughs> it's like, no, just There's chess. nothing wrong with being a nerd or no, enjoying I'm, that stuff. <laughs> I'm one right now. People know this. But let's move on to the next question. Um, we have another question that was emailed to us. It was from Asa Bora, I believe. Uh, again, I apologize on the name if I said it wrong. Uh, do you take rest days? Should I be working out every day? Oh, this is another good question. Rest days are going to be important. Starting from whether you're a beginner to an expert level, fitness enthusiast, athlete, rest days are important. I personally work out, I'd say five to six days a week. I make sure personally to allow myself one full day of rest, some weeks too, depending on how I feel. Rest days are underrated and they also can play with your mind a little bit. When you look at somebody and they're like, oh, I got to work out every day. I feel lazy on the days that I don't work out. You know, it's a mental thing to not to take a day off is really what it is. You have to tell your mind, hey, it's okay to not do anything today when you've been training so hard and trying to train yourself into working out all the time and consistently. But because of the fact that when we work out, we're breaking down our muscle it needs time to heal like anything else. It needs time to heal and it needs time to repair. Many times as we're working out, depending on the level of intensity, we're going to, uh, we'll develop micro tears in our muscle, which is little baby little tears on our muscle fibers. Nothing crazy. You're not going to see a bruise from it. You won't hurt from it, but that's where our soreness comes from. There are micro tears in the muscle belly and that's our muscle saying, Hey, I'm inflamed. I'm tired. I need rest. Um, rest days are are actually pretty good. They, they can, you can, you don't necessarily mean you have to sit around and do nothing. You can making sure your diet's on point that day, making sure you're hydrating, stretch. Um, you can do yoga, you can foam roll. And number one, you can sleep. Um, sleeping enhances the ability, the body's ability to recover. So on a day where I train really hard and I wake up the next morning and I'm just kind of like, nope, because <laughs> it happens. It happens on the regular. There's days where I just, my body says, no, those are days that you want to take into account and listen to your body and say, Hey, you know what? My body's hurting today. Let's have a rest day. Let's recover. Let's do the little things that are still important. Like I said, like stretching, stretching so, is another underrated aspect of fitness. One of the things that I would like you to mention, because I have a couple of things to say about this, mm -hmm. um, how do you tell the difference between mentally I um, want to take a rest day and physically I need to take a rest day? Well, your body's going to tell you that, right? So the aches and the pains of your body, your joints, your body just feels heavy and tired and fatigued. That's your body telling you no. But mentally, if I wake up and I feel fine, I just don't want to do it. That's your brain telling you no. I mean, there's times where my brain says no and it it kind of just eggs on my body and it could also be that you're mentally tired mm -hmm. that's also a thing that people don't put into perspective when fitness comes into play a lot of us work eight hour plus days a week right so monday through friday we're working eight hours it takes a mental ability and power and energy to work right whatever our jobs may be we have to require some sort of thinking so it could be that maybe your body's not tired but your brain is so again, those rest days are for things like that. And there's something to look forward to. Let me work hard, you know, Monday through Friday. That way Saturday, hey, I get to chill. I get to do whatever I want to do. Get back on it either on Sunday or Monday. Yeah, and uh, this is the my second, because I have three questions about okay. this. My second question about this topic is um, many people like me, um, when we take that rest day, we take it as this is the rest day, this is the cheat day, this is the day that I'm going to be just take it all away kind uh -huh. of thing. So the, from what you said earlier, make sure your diet is on point. So do you not recommend someone use that cheat day 
on that rest day as well? Or should they do a cheat day when they're actually working out harder? That's going to depend on the person and how strong mentally you are. Some people take the cheat day on their off day, which I do personally. Um, it's just one of those things. I, it's just my, uh, I, what do you, how do you say it? Um, I'm just choosing to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Your preference. But my, yeah, my preference. There you go. That's what I was looking for, but you can have a cheat day on a day where you're training. Mm -hmm. That is going to allow the body's ability to obviously burn more calories on a day that you're working out and then you're eating bad. So if I'm eating bad on a day, I'm working out my body's ability to burn what I ate is going to be a little bit better compared to the off day. Now, the reason we strength train is to increase muscle mass, correct? Mm -hmm. The more muscle mass we have on our bodies, the more calories we're going to burn at rest. So on an off day, no matter if I'm working out or not, which on an off day you're not, right? My body is still going to burn calories no matter what, because I have muscle mass on my body. So me at, let's say 15% body fat, someone else at 30% body fat, I'm naturally on an off day going to burn more calories than them because my mm. metabolism is just higher because of the amount of muscle mass I have on my body compared to fat. Fat slows down your muscle. I mean, your caloric burn. Okay. So not, it's not necessarily good to do it or bad to do it on whatever day you decide. Cause again, your body's going to continue to burn calories. You just may not burn as many calories on a rest day as you are going to be on an active day. Mm -hmm. So oh. preference, I would go with the, the answer short answer to that long answer would be preference. Yeah. Uh, I feel I don't know. When I take a rest day, I feel like, well, I should just eat because I don't feel very productive today. So that's what I do. And that's where the I told you that you can focus on the little things. So, yes, you're taking a rest day from actually working out. But mentally, you can say, hey, I still want to stretch today. I still want to foam roll. I want to do things to help me recover. I need to eat right. So that way tomorrow I'm ready to go. I'm 100 percent. I'm not sore. Nothing's bothering me. Stay hydrated to keep the muscle belly nice and fluid so you don't get stiff and stuff like that. So you can focus on those little things so you don't go essentially off the rails and have 10 slices of pizza, a large ice cream shake, X, Y, Z. No, and um, so the last thing uh, that I need to mention about this, which is going to lead to our next question, but the last thing about this uh, subject is that I – I really like because I've known you, like we've mentioned before, uh, you were my trainer when I first started. You were the first trainer that I actually listened to because <laughs> I had a couple of trainers that just did not did not motivate me. But you you're the first person I listened to and you actually became my friend and stuff. And because I've known you and I've known you as a human being, basically, I've seen that you take the rest days and you take uh, all this time off and you're human about it because as a person like when I didn't know you, when we, I was just training with you, I'm like, she, she's a beast. She's always in the gym. She's probably not eating. She's probably doing all this. And people look up to, like, I look up to you every single day. When I'm at the gym, I'm like, what am I going to do to get on that trainer B level? And um, that's probably the motivation for everyone because they're like, I want to be like someone that I admire. Mm -hmm. And like me, I admire you. And it's nice that you're letting people know like, hey, let's get a rest day in there. It's okay to do that because people that don't actually know the people that they admire, they're like, no, they must be working out. And they probably, if they would know that I'm taking a rest day or I'm taking a cheat meal or something like that, it's gonna, they're gonna be disappointed in me. And I feel it's very important to let people know, which not a lot of trainers let people know this because it's also like, Hey, yeah, it's I'm a perception just, type thing. Yeah. And another thing that I didn't touch on, I'm going to go back to is the positive or the negative effects that can come from not taking a rest day. Mm -hmm. You can lead into one, something called overtraining where you're just working your muscle to complete fatigue and actually your entire body to where you're going into the gym. You're not being efficient. You're just kind of there. And again, we've all had these, I've had these days. You're just kind of there. You're going through the motion. You feel weaker than you did the last week. There's a lot of things that can be what I'm going to call in quotation symptoms of overtraining, not wanting to go, the, the fatigue, the lack of, you feel like you're weaker and you're, there's not, not enough power to lift what you were lifting the week before or two weeks before. All those are signs of overtraining and overtraining can get essentially bad when you reach a point of complete exhaustion and you get hurt. So overtraining can lead to getting injured. 
again, that's something that we're all trying to avoid, right? Why do we do fitness so we can get healthy, so we can be strong, so our joints work the way they're supposed to, and we can avoid injury. But when we don't take that rest day, we're never allowing our body the ability to recover and rebuild itself. Muscle building happens when we sleep. We're tearing it down in the gym and we're building it while we sleep and while we rest. And I think that's a lot of a misconception that people don't understand. They think, oh, I'm doing 135 on bench. This is me building muscle. Essentially, no, you're actually tearing the muscle down to where we get sore when you come home, drink your protein, eat, hydrate, that's you building the muscle back. And I think a lot of people, and I'll, and I'll be honest, I've used to kill myself sometimes in the gym and, and well, this will lead to our topic later about mental health and stuff like that. But I used to work out two to three times a day. Any free time I had, I was lifting. It was my getaway. I thought it was good for me. But then I got to a point where I was just tired. I couldn't do it. I was not pushing enough weight. I didn't, it was affecting my job because I was being lazy in my job because I was so tired and stuff like that. So I was overtraining and becomes non-beneficial for you. At that point, the only thing that can happen, you're not going to build muscle is that you may get hurt. And another thing or another negative too, from not allowing yourself a rest day is the, the action of what's called plateauing. If I work out continuously for a span of 21 days, back to back to back to back to back, and I do not take a rest day, eventually your body's going to become accustomed to what you're doing and you're just gonna kind of cruise. You're, on, you're at like cruising speed. You're not having any fluctuation in weight training. You're not having any increase in weight because you're overtraining and you're tired. Your weakness is set in, your fatigue levels is set in. So now we're just at a simple cruising rate. We're not getting any better, but we're also not getting worse, right? Which is what we try to avoid in personal training. And this one also can lead into the next question, which I got a glimpse of uh, about motivating and stuff like that. But two negatives or two main negatives from not taking any rest days. Yeah, because uh, short story uh, when. So this not this year, but the past year, 2020 was a little horrible on all of us. Um, we we basically didn't see each other for like one or two months. Yeah. And in those one or two months, I was like, I, I want to go back to Brandy and I want to impress her. I want to be like super fit uh, or at least make a good dent in my fitness because uh, with you I have lost almost 140 pounds and I'm still looking to lose another 80 to 100 pounds Mm -hmm. uh, because I was a really really big dude Um, and during those two months I was going hard every single day I was running three to five miles I was lifting every single day and I think maybe like when we started seeing again after well, COVID wasn't over, but I mean, we're friends. So you started letting me come over to work out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like the first week or two, I was telling you like, I ha- I'm actually lifting smaller. I can't like, I'm lifting less weight. I don't feel like running anymore. A mile is getting hard to mm-hmm. run. And even though I was doing it every day to my fullest, I was doing less even though I was spending the same amount of time there. So for the maybe first month, I lost some weight. I looked really good. Then the second month, I kind of just started kind of getting in the back, kind of just losing the muscle mass the muscle mass because I wasn't letting my body grow because I was like, oh, well, we're... I kind of took it because we're at home and we're not doing anything. I Let's work out hard. And yeah, that. so you you experienced definitely experienced overtraining, which led into plateauing. Yeah, and and it's something like I said, we've all throughout a fitness journey, you're going to go through it. It's a mental thing first of hey, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to get to the gym every single day, no days off, right? That's a slogan now that everyone likes to use, no days off. Um, but that's going to lead us to plateauing. And I've met a lot of people like you, or I've spoken to a lot of people like you. Hey, you know, I'm working out every day of the week, and I'm still not seeing any changes. Why am I not gaining muscle? Why am I not losing weight? Well, because what does your body feel like? First of all, well, I'm tired and, you know, I've been tired. Yeah, so you're not going. We think we're going hard, but we're not going to our maximum ability when we're in a phase of overtraining because we just can't get there anymore. That's where the rest comes in and allowing yourself. And sometimes people hit overtraining phases and it takes them three to four weeks to actually recover of doing nothing. Because that's how deep they were into the training, the overtraining phase. And it takes them a while. They have to sit and do the little things, stretching, foam rolling, doing things like that. So where they're still moving, but they're not necessarily doing any sort of resistance training. Yeah. And no, like I said, um, being around you, because 
it takes a lot to be my friend. So I, I love you for actually uh, accepting my friendship, but being around you, letting like you telling me, hey, uh, you need to take rest days, actually seeing it from you because someone that's on the outside will probably just see you, your fit, your working out, because most of your Instagram is just working out. Mm -hmm. So uh, getting to see that personal aspect motivates me, which leads me to the next uh, question. What do you, uh, well, actually, let's see who sent that question. Uh, uh, from Apple, we get, uh, we have a question from Apple. Uh, their name is Plus Ultra 89 I love your name. Uh, My Hero Academia, thank you. Yeah, I know that that's from there. Uh, I'm a big nerd. She does not know what it is. I have no idea who that is, but okay. <laughs> uh, Arizona, from Arizona, male age 31, uh, what do you do to motivate clients and keep exercise entertaining? That's another good question, along with the other three three that we've had, right? Yeah. There's two. We're going to tackle this question in two different directions. I'm going to respond in, as a personal trainer, and then I want you to respond as a client. What works for you? As a trainer, there's a lot of things that we can do, and you got to tackle or view these things. How is it going to affect the person, right? So one thing that we do is measurements. I have clients that hate doing measurements, but I tell them we need, you're one of them, but I tell them, <laughs> I tell them we need to do this so you can see how far you've come. Again, we're going to use Mario here because he's my buddy and all. So we're going to use him as an example. Mario comes in every day. He's like, I look the same. I don't look any different. And I'm looking at him like, are you kidding me? Do you know how far we've come? And it's not till he's seen pictures from day one, which was what, three, four years ago, however long it was yeah. that and sees himself now that he's like, oh, shoot. I really do look different. And, and that's a thing. That's what measurements helps with, right? If I measured your waist month one and it was a 34 and I measure your waist month three and you're at a 31, isn't that motivation to, hey, it's working. That's always the mindset of, oh my God, it's working. Everything I'm doing is actually paying off. So measurements are definitely a way to keep clients intrigued and interested and motivated and want, keeps them wanting to do better. Every time they come in, they're like, oh, it's measurement day. Hopefully I dropped an inch or two, right? So it gives them something to aspire to. Another thing that I like to do personally is changing up the exercise routine. And this needs to be done from personal trainers to average shows at the gym. You need to change up your exercise routine. It keeps it fun. It keeps it interesting. And we're not doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Now there's exercises that we're going to do like bench press, back squat, deadlift, that are your more explosive, powerful movements that I want you to do and we need to do so you can get stronger. But we also don't come in here every day and do the same thing. If we did, what do you have me for? You can take that and go do it yourself at the gym, right? A lot of people, that's what happens. Your average gym goer goes into the gym every week and does the same thing on shoulder day, does the same thing on back day, every single day of the week, and it gets boring. It's like, well, again, we're doing it again. It's like eating the same thing every single day of the week for a month. At some point, you're like, I just don't want to eat anymore because you don't, it's nothing to look forward to. I enjoy being able to teach you guys new exercises. I enjoy giving you guys new things. I like to get creative and within myself, come up with some crazy things sometimes <laughs> that are beneficial for you, but it gives you something, a challenge. You, you are allowed to challenge yourself with something new. And it's not only challenging you as a person, but it's challenging the muscle and the way we're targeting it. So that's, that's another, that's, two things that we can do to motivate clients. The third one I'm going to talk about is just leading by example. I think like, you know, you touched on it earlier. That's definitely something that you guys, what I'm learning is that you guys look up to me and that you use me as a prime example for what your fitness journey should be like. And it starts with like my high energy level. I like to keep sessions light. I'm not going to scream at you. I'm not going to yell at you, but I'm going to try to keep my energy up to motivate you guys, whether it's, Hey, let's go push. You got one more in you, whatever it may take to keep you going. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. An occasional, an occasional yell, <laughs> but I think leading by example is a great motivating factor for you guys. If you see that I'm putting in the effort to work on myself and I tell you that I still have a lot of things that I need to do to get better then hopefully in turn, it'll turn to you and say, you know what? Well, if she's still working on herself. That means I'm, I'm good. I need to continue to work on myself. And every day there's something to get better at and with something to learn and there's something to strive for. And it should be the same with clients. They should see that, or I believe that you guys should see that, that I have goals that I still am trying to attain. And, and so do you guys. So basically we're on this journey together and we can motivate ourselves or motivate each other. I'm sorry. 
So in turn, leading by example is probably what I keep in my pocket as my number one motivator for you guys, along with the other things that I mentioned. But that one I take a lot of pride in and I really push you guys to be the best that you could be just as I push myself to be the best that I can be. So next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to flip it over to you and I'm going to ask you what motivates you to show up. I mean, you can schedule with me and we can set a time, but at the end of the day, well, maybe I would, but I'm not going to go to your house, get you out of bed and pull you into the gym. So what, (laughs) there's a possibility, but you know, so what motivates you to come in every day or every other day or how many every days a week that I see you? I mean, uh, there's a couple of things. Um, there's, there's some that are, I guess we would say more professional and there's others just friendship wise. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the professional ones. Uh, I do enjoy that no matter what I ask you, you know, or you find out you're very knowledgeable. You're a very smart person on this subject. (laughs) When we have to do math, it takes a little longer, but you're a very, (laughs) very, very smart person on this subject. You know what you're doing and you continue to learn. It's not like you're done and you're training and that's it. I, I'm very motivated by how passionate you are with fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, uh, you do keep uh, workouts entertaining. Uh, one thing I would never do with you was legs because I, when we would do legs, I, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but when we do legs, you would do more of the balancing, what I would call the girly type of yeah, workouts. Yeah, in our hit workouts. And I hated it because when my body's broken down from wrestling, football, all this other stuff, doing the balancing stuff might be okay on one side, not so much on the other side. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this with you. And the one thing that I do appreciate is that if I tell you I'm not going to do something with you, I'm not doing it. It's not oh, we're going to have to do it. And it's like, which even if you would tell me that, I would probably just tell you no. I think that's just knowing you and knowing that even if I told you yes, you're not going to do it. So why am I going to give you something that you aren't going to do? Might as well save our time and not waste it and do something that you're actually going to enjoy doing. (laughs) And uh, I appreciated that now we're doing legs, but you you edited your workouts to where I'm going to do what you want me to do. Because... uh, most trainers, it's my way or the highway. You paid me already, so I don't care. And uh, I had maybe like three or four trainers before you uh, because fitness was never really big on my mind. Uh, it wasn't that important to me. Uh, but every now and then I'd get a kick and it'd be like, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to get a trainer and I'm going to start doing better. But um, And I actually got a bunch of trainers from where you used to work um, or work. And um, it, was the, it was just, I go, do this, do that, run on the treadmill for 15 minutes, do this again, and then get out of here. And I know it sounds very bland, but that's what their workouts were. Mm-hmm. And some of them were very impressive. Uh, I know that the first guy that I trained with, he was really muscular, really like, oh, man, I want to be like you, dude. But that was it. When I actually worked out with him, I was like, well, I'm pretty sure that he knows what to do, but he doesn't know how to express it. With you, when I work out with you, if I ask you, why are we doing this? You give me the reason. You... You're excited for me to do the exercises, not just do them kind of thing. So I do enjoy that you get excited with me. I think that that's definitely passion is something you need in this industry. If you're trying to make a career out of it, like for me, opening up locations and owning a gym, this is what I want to do. This is what I love to do. I love seeing you guys get results, probably more than you guys do. Enjoy it. It's got to come from a place of passion. There's a lot of trainers that do what, you know, personal training just to make some extra money. They're doing it to lead up to whatever it is that they want to do. There's a lot of, there's a lot of trainers out there that are like that where, okay, I got a client. Cool. That's what you're doing. Cool. And they could be good workouts, but there's nothing behind what they're giving you as far as they're not trying to push you. They're not trying to motivate you. They're just, this is my job. This is what I'm going to do. 
And it's not a knock on those trainers. That's just the route that they've chosen to take because it's not the career that they want. They're using it as eh, a stepping stone or just something to make extra money. Doesn't mean that they don't know what they're doing, but it just makes it a little bit different when you're working with someone who genuinely wants to see you do well or genuinely wants you to succeed. You didn't want to do a lot of things that I, and it's, let me tell you, let's be real honest. (laughs) It's frustrating, right? When a client's like, no, I don't want to do that. So you have to find, instead of saying, okay, well then whatever, it's your loss. That doesn't do anything for you and it doesn't do anything for me. So instead of telling, you know, let's say Mario that you got to find a way to get you engaged. For you, it was lifting heavy. Cool. Let's do legs. All we're going to do is back squat with maybe like two accessory lifts in it, but we mainly predominantly have done back squat and deadlift. That's what you like to do. And those are good movements for help you get stronger. So again, it comes from a place of, you know, passion. And there are people, there are people who look great and they are good at working out, but they're not good at teaching it. That's a whole nother aspect of being a good trainer is being able to teach it, being able to relate to the individual that you're trying to to train. And then again, giving them the same energy that you want them to give you from the workout, you're giving them in motivation and even in mental brain activity of, you know, coming up with a routine that suits them. That'll be good for them. Like I tell you guys all the time, I'm never going to give you something that I haven't tried or I haven't done. And I know that it's, you know, beneficial. Yeah. And so I'm going to get into a touchy subject, but you brought it up. Um, some trainers don't have the passion and a lot of trainers, they go ahead and say, well, it's your loss. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're wrong because at the end of the day, and you've seen me go through this because when you used to have a building, you saw me go through this to the very mm-hmm. end of me being there. At, at the end of the day, I'm your boss. Like, you might not think so, but if I don't come, you're yeah. not going to get my money. Mm-hmm. So if you're telling me it's your loss if you don't want to do something, no, it's not. It's your loss if I don't want to do something. So think of something I want to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of trainers, they have that mentality of like, I'm the knowledgeable one, do what I say. And that's where you differ from a lot of people because I've told you many times, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And I do see that you get frustrated and stuff, but I see that, okay, so what are we going to do? And you think of something else and you like implement all these things that, hey, maybe I'm not doing exactly what you wanted, but I'm doing something close to it. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. The frustration, I don't think, comes from you saying no, right? There's things that we just don't want to do or we don't like to or we just can't do. Mm-hmm. It's more of a like, oh, I know I need you to do this, but you don't want to. Okay. So now how, I can, how can I come up with something else that's going to work the same muscle group, the same way that I asked you to do it, right? So it's, it is. It is. It's, it's almost like a compromise. We're in, essentially, we're partners. We help each other. You help me keep my doors open, right? But I also help you reach your goals. So at the end mm-hmm. of the day, a trainer-client relationship is 50-50. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people don't see it that way. They see it like, oh, well, either you come see me or you don't, right? Yeah. And, and that's not a good mindset. And that's why a lot of trainers don't succeed or don't have a good clientele base or don't retain clients. That is my biggest thing. I love the fact that I can retain clients. And it's because I build a relationship with you guys. I try to relate to you. I try to make sure, you know, if there's anything you guys need, I'm always open and available to helping you guys. I give you trainer B and I also give you a little bit of Brandy, that very giving, compassionate person. You guys get to see a little bit of that and it keeps you guys around. And it's great for me in yeah, many ways. That That is true because, uh, and that's something I, I as a client would like to tell other clients because there's a lot of people you met me when I was starting off. I would not say no to you. You wanted something to do. I was like, okay. I was very timid uh-huh. uh, because I was very sheltered, very whatever. I didn't want to get you mad because you're the trainer. But something I would like to tell other people looking to get a trainer, them looking to start their fitness, your trainers, you're paying for that. If you don't want to do something, tell them no. It's okay. I have told you no many times. A lot of people will stay quiet and I'm like, I'm just not going to go back because I didn't like that. And that's that's a problem. Go back. Do what you need to do to get your to your goals. Don't be scared to tell a trainer no. And if a trainer says, well, it's your loss, go find a better trainer because that's what I did. The first trainer I went to did was horrible. 
The second one I went to was also very, very horrible. And because um, you know me, when I first started, no floor exercises. I did not like to get on the floor. One, I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to get back up. And I, I didn't want to look embarrassed because now you have your own personal gym. But back then, you were working from a big gym. Uh, and there was a bunch of people. And I didn't want to look like the weakling that could not get up or get hurt because I got down on the floor, I was embarrassed. And a lot of people that are going to train with trainers are in the same situation. So when we say no, it's not just because we can't do it, it's because we don't want to get in a situation that, that makes uncomfortable. That makes us uncomfortable, especially because like me, I admired you since the first time I saw you. So I didn't want to look like a complete loser in front of the person that I want to look up to in front of the person that I want to be like, because I'm like, oh, well, I can't get up on the floor. How am I going to be doing pull-ups like this person does a thousand a day? Yeah. And that's, that also too has to do with setting. I think during that period of time, we had you in a hit class with a lot of people around. Mm -hmm. That's also another thing that you need to be able to diagnose or not diagnose, but but choose for a client is, is it hit class right for you? Or do you need personal training? Right. And for you, we do better on a one-to-one -one basis. Mm -hmm. We get more done. You're more efficient. I'm able to, to design or program things to your comfortableness and liking. I throw some things in there that are uncomfortable for you and you do them. So again, it's also being able to die to choose or being able to read the situation. What is this person going to thrive in? And I think going back to you saying, you know, it's okay to say no, I, I agree with you. There's um, a quick story, and this is based on a client that actually just came the other day. She was telling me that she went to a location, was doing a big hit class with somebody of, um, we'll call him a coach, I guess, because he's not a personal trainer. He had lost a lot of weight in a year, decided he wanted to start teaching classes. So he teaches these classes at a very low rate. And she came back and she's like, hey, you know, my sister's back is really hurting her. And it's because we were doing this exercise. And I told him that it was wrong and that's not how it's supposed to be done. And he just said, he just said to keep doing it. And a lot of times she went on to show me the exercise and I went on to say the way he had you do it is incorrect. It's putting a lot of pressure on your back, X, Y, Z. And she's like, well, that's what I told him, but he told me not, he didn't listen to me. And he told me just to keep going. And a lot of the times that's the problem. That's why trainers aren't successful because they don't listen to what the client is saying. If something's hurting you, we're not doing something right. Should it burn? Should there be a burn? Yeah, of course. But if you're hurting, there's something wrong. And a lot of it is a pride thing. How are you going to, you know, this person, I don't know this person at all. This person is standing in front of a group of women teaching a class. You have one person in the class telling you it's wrong. How does he look, you know, taking that from her? Like, oh, I, you know, instead of saying, you know what? Hey, you're all right. We need to change it up. He rather just look good and continue to be like, Oh, it's fine. Keep doing it. Yeah. That's a pet peeve of mine. That bothers me. <laughs> and I was, I was not mad, but I, you know, expressed my frustration with the situation is because at the end of the day, she's going over there and she's going to come back to me and she's going to be injured and I'm going to fix her as best as I can, but she should never have to go through being hurt. You shouldn't ever get now accidents happen, right? At some point you could, you could, pull a muscle, strain a muscle, anything like that. It just comes with the, the um, aspect of lifting. It could happen, but you should never be put in a situation to where it's like the likelihood goes up 50%. Yeah. And I feel, because this is for the trainers, I feel trainers, if you want to, or trainers, coaches, because that, especially here in San Antonio where we live, there's a lot of coaches that have no experience. Oh, you lost a lot of weight, so now I'm an expert because I lost a lot of weight. But they don't have the scientific knowledge or the knowledge period to do what yeah, they're they doing. Yeah, they know what exercise to do, but they don't know why to do them. They don't know how it's affecting the muscle, and they don't know how to group them for them to have max benefit for the client. Yeah, and um, like what I was going to say, trainers or coaches, um, the best – the best thing for me or for them, actually, uh, is have yourself like you. You have uh, friendships with us. You have a friendship with me. Uh, uh, we've gotten close. So whenever you want to do something wacky, it's like, oh, let's make Mario do it. And then if that it works out, let's make the other people do it. And I, I don't mind because we're friends. So whatever. We try this exercise. It works out. Oh, great. But if it doesn't don't have someone that you trust before you implement it in a big setting like that because she 
at the end of the day, hey, be quiet because if I say that you're right, I could lose all my clients. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what it is. And it's sad and I told you it's frustrating and it's nothing personally against that individual. I don't know the individual or who he is, but as our profession and what we do, or even if you want to call yourself a coach, you should have some level of respect for your client to take into consideration what they're saying and what's bothering them. And I, I'm not saying it might be this individual, but I know, I think I know who you're talking about because they tried getting me to go because uh, the one thing that a lot of people see when they see my page, uh, one is a podcast and they notice, oh, this guy has lost a lot of weight and everyone wants to have, I feel because I've sent you a couple of people that mm -hmm. have added me on Instagram and stuff. I feel that a lot of people want to get the goal. They want to get that win. It's like, oh, look at this client that I got to lose almost 200 pounds. Yeah. They want to get that. So a lot of people reach out to me. And I feel that this guy, uh, he wanted me to go to train with him. But I saw, hey, dude, you don't know what you're doing. You don't have any certifications. You, like I asked him a couple of things about his class. He couldn't answer it. He's just like, oh, we work out every day. That's how you should be doing it. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's not how you should be doing it. You should have a little bit of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And here in San Antonio, and it's this is a warning to people, and like, hey, ask ask your trainers, ask the people that you are working out with, uh, what knowledge do you have? Uh, I by no means have any knowledge of it other than what you teach me. And there's been people that want to work out with me because of that, but I don't have any knowledge. So if I'm doing something wrong, hey, I don't do this for a profession. Yeah. Uh, but here in San Antonio, they've gotten, it's gotten to a place where, oh, you don't need to have a certification as long as you look like you are okay. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people here in San Antonio that, oh, I lost hundred pounds. That qualifies me to be a trainer. That does not ask your trainers what certifications you have. Uh, I mean, Brandy has told, or Trainer B has told me her certifications. I don't remember all the <laughs> the letters after her name, but she's told me, and she's and she tells me every single time that we come, like, "Hey, um, this is what I'm getting to yeah, better myself, to better our workouts." And lastly, um, the last, I guess, motivating thing that like uh, makes me keep coming to you is that uh, you make it about it's a friendship. It's a, not just a friendship, but it's like you make it interesting. Uh, just to put it easy, a daily workout with you. Uh, I forget that we're working out. We're working out, but I forget we're working out because I get here. You ask me about my day. I ask you about yours. I play with Jada for a couple of minutes. Uh, and then we go ahead and start working out. And while we're working out, we're not even talking about what we're doing Uh I think the last time I was here, I asked you, like, what's your favorite movie? We were talking about Disney movies for a long time. And we started, like, sharing our favorite movies. Makes me, more, like, think about, oh, well, later on, I'm going to watch the movie that Brandy recommended or trying to be recommended. Or I'm going to do this. And we're talking about our weeks. And, like, I don't even think that we're working out. But we are because the next day I'll be like, oh, man, I'm sore. I didn't think we were doing anything, but I'm, I'm sore. Yeah. That comes with knowing your clientele or knowing your client. Mm -hmm. So my relationship with you is different from my next client to the next one to the next one. There's days where I need to teach. So, you know, prime example, my 8 a.m. this morning, I'm teaching him how to do new things. Prime example, we're learning how to front squat. I have to spend a lot of my time teaching, engaging, making sure he knows what we're doing, cueing him. There's a lot of teaching and a lot of me talking that we may not get to anything like, oh, how's your day going? What are you doing this weekend? But then you have clients where, hey, we're coming in for a normal workout, something that we're, you know, you've been with me for four or five years. You and I can have that conversation. I know that you're going to get through the workout. So again, it's knowing your clients. There's clients you can have conversations with and talk to and laugh with throughout the session. And then there's times where you have to teach and that kind of goes away so I can teach you and so you can learn. And then there's other clients that they're here to work out and we do that and we have, you know, we still talk, but it may not be as personable or anything like that. But, you know, this is just building a relationship with each client and knowing what they need from that session. So, you know, prime example, you versus somebody brand new. I know that if I needed to run inside to grab a water or go to the bathroom, you're going to be okay finishing the set. As to a newer client, I would either not go or tell them to take a break and then come back. I wouldn't trust them yet to do things on their own. So it's knowing your clientele and knowing where they're at and stuff like that.
She leaves me by myself with Jada and we play. <laughs> I come back and bowl on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but um, since uh, we're wrapping up, I, I'd also wanted to get uh, to your topic of the week or the month. Uh, but before that, again, we wanted to thank everyone uh, that helped get so many plays um, for Alzheimer's Association of mm -hmm. South Texas. But here at Making Friends with Success and uh, entering the BeFit Gym, we like to promote people. We like to help out businesses because we like when you guys help us out. Mm -hmm. So if you guys want to reach out with more questions, you guys want to reach out with Anything that you'd like us to promote, a foundation, uh, I also work with Ocean to Mountain Soul, which promotes autis autism in autism. children. And um, we're both very close to that. If you guys have anything that you guys want us to reach out, I, I work on this daily. I have a normal job, and during my breaks in my normal job, I'm working on this. So if you guys have any foundation that you guys want us to help out, promote, we will find a way to do it. So uh, the very last thing is that we're actually gonna go into uh, mental health awareness, correct? Yes, correct. So I'm just gonna touch briefly on it. Um, 2020, <laughs> let's talk about 2020 real quick. Yeah. And the change of lifestyle it has been for every single one of us. We'll take it back to March and the initial shutdown. I think where people were home for- Since February. Since February for about what, two whole months almost? I know yeah. I didn't work for two whole months. Yeah, I didn't see you for about <laughs> yeah. a month and a half. So 2020 was definitely a time to bring up mental health awareness and the the detrimental effects it can have on people when it's negative. Being alone, being isolated for so long. I, I mean, I've known, talked to several people who are like, I didn't see anybody for two whole months, right? Other than Skype. And that's cool. You can Skype somebody, you can FaceTime them, but it's not the same. And one thing that I, you know, try to tell my clients during this whole phase was make sure you stay as active as you can. It definitely helps. So mental health and exercise. What are the benefits of exercising on your mental health? And mental health can be anxiety, depression, just negativity, negative moods, fatigue, anything like that comes from your mental health state. And exercise is a prime I'm going to call it a prime med medication for anything like depression, anxiety. What it does is when we exercise, our heart rate is going to increase. We're going to go scientific first. Our heart rate will increase that it makes your, um, makes the heart pump more blood and oxygen into the brain. When that happens, it releases hormones and we're going to call these the good hormones. So what that does, it then suppresses all the negative hormones that are in your brain, causing the depression and anxiety and X, Y, Z. So exercising can be used as a tool when we feel like we're in a negative state. And I think a lot of doctors don't like to go that route first. They're like, hey, let me give you a medication. Take this pill, it'll make you feel better. Take this, it'll make you feel better. But we don't realize how big of a factor exercise can truly be. One, increasing self-esteem. That's a big thing for a lot of people. A lot of people fall into depression and stuff like that because of their self-esteem of them. So they don't have a high self-esteem. They think very low of themselves. Getting into the gym will help with that. One, it's going to increase your mood, right? Because like I said, the hormones that are going to be released. Two, it's going to add, uh, enhance your energy. It's also going to enhance your body's ability to process things in a good way instead of a negative way. So it's hard. It's not easy to go from a state of depression right into the gym. And then all of a sudden it goes away. It's not how it works. And we're going to use depression because that's a big one. That's kind of hit with COVID depression and anxiety, just from the isolation that we've had. Yeah. Um, so that is, that is getting into the gym is a step. And I think if people can take that step and sometimes they need help, they just need, you know, a friend, Hey, let's go. Or me, Hey, you know, messaging someone, you're, I see that, you know, your posts have been kind of down and out to these days. Why don't you try going to work and get a workout in, you know, put your headphones in, listen to something that you like and just move. It also, exercise is also going to increase your metabolism, which then leads to a lot of positive things. It leads to increased energy, increased weight loss, increased muscle mass. So there's a lot of positives that come from exercise that we should be looking at and prescribing to individuals who suffer with or not suffer with, I don't like using that, struggle with mental health. Because it is a struggle. It's something that they're going through and trying to overcome. It's not something that they've succumbed to. And I think that 
engaging and even if it's doing a YouTube video for 10 minutes, that is still going to release some sort of good endorphins into your brain to allow that negativity of all the things that I listed, anxiety, depression, X, Y, Z, to go away for leaving us a little bit. If you can get just a little bit of a good mood, that will fuel the fire for you to want to get into the gym or do the exercise again the next day. You know, I've had 24 hours of bad day. Here comes the next day. I got to the gym. I had two hours of a good mental state. Cool. I should do it again tomorrow. And then it's just going to increase from there. Your body will learn to enhance the hormones and there'll be more of the good hormones and less of the bad. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I I totally agree with you because uh, during the pandemic, it was it was hard on everyone, I think. We, we live very close to each other, but we still were separate uh, by the pandemic. And But I was messaging you almost every day, and I, most of my messages towards you is just dumb stuff. <laughs> but um, the aspect of going to the gym, the, that we're pack animals. We, we are pack animals. We are humans, but we are still pack animals. Mm-hmm. We need people. We need motivations. And going to the gym, it might sound horrible, but hey, Oh, look, there's a pretty girl coming around. Uh, I'm going to lift a little harder, even though you're doing it because mentally you're like, I'm trying to impress this person. Yeah. You're actually helping your body. Yeah, any external or, motivations. Oh, look, there's a bunch of guys that are lifting really hard. I don't want to be the weak guy, so I'm going to like go a little harder. We're pack animals, so it motivates us to be in the gym. And then after a while, you start realizing, hey, I'm competing to be in there, just like everyone mm-hmm. else. And a lot of the depression starts yeah, – like when I'm lifting – Everything is going through my head, but I'm processing it as well. I'm thinking, oh, well, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Why should I be sad about this? Or, And it helps. Um, it gives us kind of an exit from our own detrimental thoughts. Yeah, is what because... it is. It gives us something else to focus on. And a lot of times, especially during COVID, and I mean, even now, because we're still not out of it, we've had a lot of time to sit and do nothing but think. We yeah. think of... Oh my God, I'm gaining so much weight. You know, oh my God, this relationship isn't thriving because I haven't seen this person. I haven't seen my friends. I don't know what to do with myself. You know, we get just a lot of, we have a lot of time to think a lot of negative things and at least stepping away to exercise, whether it's 30 minutes to an hour a day, gives you some sort of exit from the negativity and can increase your mood and make you want to be better. It gives you something to strive for or to, you know, push yourself out of the hole. And it gets you out of the house uh, or if you're in the house, it gets you out of your brain. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of it is, is just thoughts and that's what it stems from what we think. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's people that are going through these things that have had stuff happen, you know, loss of a family member. Again, COVID-19 has taken a lot of people from, from the earth these days. Yeah. Like so, I, I had a horrible 2020 and I know it reflected on my weight because I was losing a lot of weight mm-hmm. and then I just, kind of stop. Yeah. Um, And the depression and anxiety and all that stuff will decrease your metabolism. And then that leads to weight gain. So it all goes hand in hand. And and I would suggest if you are struggling with something like depression, anxiety, reach out to somebody, reach out to a friend, talk to a a therapist or talk to a counselor. Some people look at those things and they think that, Oh, you know, it's shameful because I have to speak to somebody. It's not, this is good for you. You need to do what you guys need to do to make yourself better. And again, Step one, start, try exercise. Yeah, and side note, uh, if you are either financially enabled or you just don't want to because you're embarrassed to talk to a counselor or a sponsor, there's a lot of people that reach out to me. I'm nowhere a professional in what but if you need someone to just say hi to, I'm there. Uh, if you want to message Trainer B with something, even if it's just hi, she will say hi to you on the show. <laughs> like uh, mental health awareness, sometimes it, it can be a little bit better just by saying hello. Yeah. But uh, we we are coming to the end. Is there anything else that- Let's do like something fun this week. Let's have anybody in the San Antonio area, we'll shoot even the Austin area. You guys throw in your name, write their email. They can email you. Yeah, email they can, you. you can email the name. Uh, throw the in your name, throw in your phone number or your Instagram name, and we'll do a drawing. We'll pick three people and we'll give them three. We'll give each one a free session. Oh, nice. <laughs> that way so. they can come in and- get out of their house and do something different. Hopefully we can open the door to not even, I mean, if it's not training with me, but just open up the door to fitness and y'all taking the first step into bettering yourself. Great. So this was the end. Uh, thank you uh, guys for listening to another episode of entering the B-Fit gym. 
uh, Trainer B, any last words? Thank you guys for listening. As always, if you guys have questions, concerns, comments, you just want to talk to us, message us on Instagram or email us. Hey there, guys. This is Kaius. And as I mentioned before, I've made it my mission to promote this wonderful business called Oceans to Mountain Soul. Again, that is Oceans to Mountain Soul. One more time, Oceans, the number two, Mountain Soul. And you can go ahead and follow them on all social media platforms. And the thing with me is that a portion of their proceeds goes to autism awareness. And for me, that hits home because I have many many family members that are actually are on the spectrum. And this wonderful company gives a portion of their proceeds to autism awareness. And just their page, it has wonderful messages of hope and positivity. And you know that that is exactly what this podcast is about. So if you could go, please follow Oceans, the number two Mountain Soul on Instagram and all their social media platforms. And if you have a little extra cash, go ahead and buy a hat. Again, a portion of their proceeds goes to Autism Awareness. And thank you very much for listening, guys.